Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I have to give a shout out for all of you out there that have supported us um, with this past weekend, uh, three days uh, out of Seattle, but worldwide everywhere, won the event, How to Shift from Fear to Love, thanks to a Seattle firefighter who had a dream, a vision to take what's going on uh, on the 10th anniversary of 9-11 and ask for something else. Mega event, Seattle, Friday, Saturday, many, many sessions, all live webcast, Sunday at Memorial Stadium, webcast worldwide. Uh, I want to thank all of you out there. Um, it was amazing to be part of this uh, and to be on stage talking about radical forgiveness with the 2011 Heroes of Forgiveness. And, you know, I talk about this because there are so many people out in the world doing amazing things. Blair Singer is my guest today. And I want to tell you, amazing doesn't, does, doesn't really fit this much anymore. That's why we launched the Epic World over the weekend, because things are moving so fast. Things are being asked of all of us to step up to collaborate, to come together in epic ways. And that's what my guest knows a lot about. You know, he's not talking to us about 30 years to change or 10 years to do this or do this for five years. You know, sit on a mountain somewhere in Tibet. That's not what he's telling us to do. He's talking about 30 seconds to powerful change. International public speaker Blair Singer joining me here today. You know... I love introducing him. I love having him on the show. I love seeing what he has now done with his work. The, you know, this is something for me. I get to chat with him about Little Voice Mastery. This is the second edition, but you know that little voice? Wow. Does that thing get some overtime sometimes? Blair is the co-founder and CEO of Sales Partners Worldwide. It's a global franchise network of professional mentors and business builder. He is founder of Little Voice Mastery Institute, the virtual learning center that helps people move beyond their little voice to become the bigger, more powerful people they were meant to be. There's many things I could say about him, but I want him to talk about his journey. And, you know, I want him him to share with you how this all came to be, you know, what he has learned about living the life of his dreams. And I was kind of joking with him and Seth before the show when I said I pinched myself so hard to make sure I wasn't dreaming that I bruised myself because when life starts to get yummy and juicy, we want to make sure 
that we are alive and awake to experience it. That's what Blair Singer is about. Blair, I am so thrilled to have you on the show. I'm so thrilled about what you've done to Little Voice Mastery, and wow, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Dr. Pat. I really appreciate it. Your message is just so powerful and so timely, and congratulations on the huge event. Yeah, I mean, imagine, you know, I want, I, I really saved this for you to talk to. You know, this is a firefighter out of Seattle that was as heartbroken as the rest of the country when it came to the events of 9-11. And then got angry and declared, let's go to war, let's, you know, let's go, let's get after him, let's kill him, let's, and like so many people, he went down this path of discovery of what was true and what was not true. And felt so guilty about himself, Blair. And, you know, the voices that came, he ate and he drank himself, right, uh, to a place where, as many people would say, rock bottom. But something happened one day, and someone asked him, Eric, Eric Lawyer, do you love yourself? And he began this journey. But that little voice, that voice that you talk about, it can be a showstopper, can it? And it that's sure what can. it was for him, yeah. It sure can. It can be. It can, it's a game changer or a showstopper, either way. And mm-hmm. you know, you, you said it, and I think you said it really clearly. And in, in the new edition of book, you know, there's a whole chapter. That's a whole chapter I, I devoted to. Is that, you know, if you don't love yourself, or if you, or if deep down inside your self-esteem or what we call, I call your self-concept is low or aberrated. I don't care how hard you work, how determined you are, how high your integrity is, your results can never exceed your self-concept. And until you heal yourself, until you get okay with and when you said I'm so great, I got to pinch my I'm bruising myself, I'm pinching so hard to make sure I'm awake. I mean, that is true. I mean, when you get to that place where you know what your little voices are. You know how to master them, and you're okay with that. I mean, I think was what you're talking about, that you're okay with who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all of that, and you know what it is that drives you. Boy, life is just a, is bliss, but it's just constantly fighting against yourself and those little voices, and this is me, this is not me. That's what causes a lot of the struggle. Well, I want to ask you about you because, you know, here's what I've come to know. You're going to chuckle about this a little bit. You you know, the things that I'm speaking about and writing about, you know, come from a real personal place and certainly, you you know, finally getting to writing a book. And I love talking with you because when someone says, I'm going to, I'm going to be known as the guy that's out there with little voice mastery, you can't help but ask, how little was your voice, Blair? <laughs> My little voice was a giant voice. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was no little voice, that voice. <laughs> because, you know, like a lot of people, you know, a long time ago, you know, a long time ago, you know, we've all go through, through difficult times. You know, you go, you know, I went through many years ago, went through a painful divorce and had a business venture, didn't do, didn't do very well, lost, lost some money. I was a sales rep and not making much money. And so a friend of mine suggested I go to a personal development course back in the early 80s. And I'll tell you something that somewhere in the middle of that thing, I came to the stunning realization that the one thing in common was the money I'd made and lost and the relationships that had worked and not was me. And now today, you know, somebody would say, well, no kidding, you idiot. But for me, <laughs> that was a major insight, and I go, well, 
you mean I'm creating this? And when I really got into it, I just became relentless about going after whatever the self-sabotage, whatever the procrastination, confidence-draining piece of, pieces of me were that were causing all that. And through it, you know, the journey's just been miraculous. I mean, just the, the number of great people, the the businesses, talking to you, you know, all of these things I would have never imagined all those years ago had I not got to the core of what was driving me. You know, and this is what I love because self-discovery is is so amazing. And, you know, I, you know, I love what you just said, Blair, because you know, I've looked at myself and said, oh, my gosh, you know, look at it's been right in front of you all this time. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, wow, <laughs> it's as if we hear the things that are not good for us really loudly. Right. And me, and when I say not good for this, I, I mean, I, I'm saying it conceptually, you know. But the things that, you know, want to pull us forward to achieve the thing, it's almost as if they get second fiddle. Right. Or as, as my mother would say, you know, that voice is so low, you could, you would miss it even with a megaphone. Well, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because, you know, we're conditioned that way. I mean, you go to school, mm. the first day you go to school, you're focused on you know, <laughs> don't make mistakes and this is wrong and this is not right. And, you know, the intention is to make you better. But there's a couple ways to get yourself better, one of which is to focus on what's not working and try to eliminate it. But you know as well as I do, Dr. Pat, is that when you start focusing on what's not working, you attract more of what's not working. <laughs> that's That's what you're looking for. But if you're focusing on your strength, trying to find out what it, what it is I'm good at, what the heck am I really good at, and where do I have my wins, you know, if you focus on what works, the bad stuff seems to filter away a little bit. You know, it seems to, you know, if you if you can just remove the kryptonite, everybody's a superman or a superwoman in my experience. I love that. I love that idea. You see, we don't even have to go get some superpower. I love what you just said. No, you don't. You really no. don't. No. no. We just get to get the stuff away from us that is holding us back. Right. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you about a couple things in, in your new book. And for, the, and for those of you that are just tuning in, Blair Singer is my very special guest today. 30 Seconds to Powerful Change. You know, Blair, you know, you've taken this message out into the world a lot, to a lot of places. And I wanted to ask you about confidence today. And I know you talk about it in your book. And the reason I want to ask you about it is because someone made a statement to me a couple of weeks ago that, you know, not only have our hearts been broken, but our confidence has been diminished. And they were talking the collective, you know, our, we. And I wanted to ask you about confidence and if the macro does influence the micro to the point of it being a showstopper? Well, you know, it can because uh, one of my, my teachers who you've heard of, uh, many people have heard of, Dr. Buckminster Fuller once said, yeah. he said, you know, environment is stronger than will. In other words, I don't care how positive of a thinker you are, you say, I'm warm, I'm warm, I'm warm, I'm warm. If I throw you out onto Antarctic's ice flow, you're going to, naked, you're going to freeze to death. <laughs> so right. the environment is usually stronger. And those people that, that, that overcome it, usually it's because they either change their environment or move out of the situation that they're in. 
So what you're saying is very, very true, that confidence from the, from the macro definitely affects the micro. Now, here's the, but here's the other key. If you're a leader of a business or you have a family or you have people around you and your confidence is low, it also ripples from the center out to the boundaries of your organization or the boundaries of your business or the right. boundaries of your family. Right. So it, wor- it actually works in both directions. And, and, and so if you buy into the collective consciousness and you buy into a lot of the things, it, it's easy to have low confidence based on the macro. You, you hear and read things that you know are not true. The evidence of them be- behind it is not always there. So you're going, who can I trust? Can I really trust this? People are focusing on what you, you read the news, read and listen to the media. The whole world likes it. Looks like, feels like it's going down the toilet. So how in the world would you ever have a positive outlook on things? But when I'm talking to you and we're having this conversation, I'm feeling better than I've felt in hours. You know, it's because we, we're creating our own context here, our own reality, our own environment. So that's really important when it comes to building confidence is you've got to control your space. Well, you know, this brings me to one of the other areas that you are absolutely amazing in, and that's sales. You know, one of your previous books called Sales Dogs, right? Uh, you don't have to be an attack dog to be a successful, a successful in sales. Okay, so this is interesting because, uh, you know, let's talk about confidence and, you know, and what really is important in sales. People will say, oh my gosh, the economy, nobody's got money, they're not buying advertising, they're not buying vacuums, they're not buying, come on, they're buying something out here. So, Let's talk about this idea of sales and what it really is. But the question, I guess, is aren't we all salespeople in some way, form, or fashion? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're engaged in a high-pitched game of sales from the minute we come out of the womb. We're crying, screaming, cooing for food, shelter, love, companionship. You know, some people's strategies, obviously, when they get older, should obviously change. But... (laughs) <laughs> but we are. We're doing whatever we can to, to to get people to change behaviors. Understand. Most importantly, for to have if you everybody's got a dream and be able to articulate your dream to somebody else so that they buy into it, support it, help you with it, um, take advantage of it. And, and and I think that everybody's a salesperson. If you're married, you're, you're you're selling. If you're single, you're selling. If you have kids, they're selling to you. And 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 so. The, the, it's really the act of communicating with other people so they get it, that they understand, and they take action on what you have to say. And in the purest sense, that's sales. But what most people don't get, and this is why Little Voice Mastery is critical to sales, is that the toughest sale of all is not selling to a prospect, is not selling to somebody else. It's you selling you to yourself. It's, i got to get out of bed today and go to the gym. No, I'm too tired. Come on, you slug, get out of bed. No, I went two weeks ago. Isn't that good enough? I mean, that's the bat daily battle. And if you and so why little voice mastery is so important, it gives you the tool. You have to have the tools to win the battle of your own brain. I mean, the number of salespeople that sit by the side of the road and talk about making calls and never make them because of fear, lack of confidence, self sabotage, procrastination. I mean, it's billions of lost dollars out there. So that's why little, you know, being able to sell yourself to yourself, convince yourself of the things you know you should do and then actually get them done, that's the biggest sale of all. 
Well, you know, this is kind of interesting uh, platform uh, for, I, I think, us to talk about. I love talking about sales because I actually use a sales role play in, in one of my uh, workshops because I find Perfect. it so fascinating. Um, and you've done such a brilliant job on this uh, that we are so good at so many things. And yet when you have to actually pick up the phone and you have to talk about something that you probably know very well, it's as if you are a novice. And let's talk about fear in the context of sales, but also in the context of that little voice. Well, yeah. I mean, because what happens is, is that we all know the old, the old adage is when emotion, when your emotion goes up, your intelligence goes down. So it's one thing to role play it in a safe environment, but then when you actually get on the phone and the prospect of somebody really saying no to you or telling you you don't know what you're talking about brings up a bit of fear. Now, where does that come from? That comes from all the times that you were told no, kids laughed at you in school, you raised your hand with the wrong answer, whatever. And so what happens is we all have a natural um, desire not to put ourselves in a publicly humiliating position. So what happens is it's not even the objection that people are afraid of. It's the possibility of one that stops them from from making the phone call. And that's what becomes so devastating. So how do you get around it? The way you get around it is exactly as you do in your program. you got to role play it again and again and again and again and again because the secret to obtain, one of the many secrets to obtaining confidence is repetition and immersion. In other words, nobody has everybody has a high level of confidence in their ability to eat, right? Because we do it all the time. But you know, when you were for, when you're an infant, you know, trying to get put food in that spoon and get it to your mouth, man, that was a big deal. Now it's no big deal because we've done it so many times. And so the problem in sales, and I've worked with, as you mentioned, I work with sales teams all over the world. I'm doing a program right now where we've got people in this program, and they'll go out in a 10-minute drill and do $85,000 of sales in 10 minutes. Why? Because a couple things, high repetition, closing down the space, not giving people time to think, and prepping, and, and huge amount of preparation so that when the moment comes, there's no room for the little voice to, 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 to gain foothold. And that's really the, one of the secrets to obtaining confidence. You know, one of the things that I learned from a, a friend of mine who is a masterful salesperson, I remember asking him this question one day, um, and, you know, help me out with this one. Uh, you know, and I said to I was asking him, this was a bunch of years ago, uh, and I said to him, I said, man, you know, you're like the number one sales person in this company. And I said to him, you know, how do you handle – uh, you know, people that say no or they're on the fence. He said, I don't talk to anybody like that. And <laughs> I said, well, I don't, I don't understand. He said, no, I don't talk to anybody like that. And you know, I think what he was saying to me is that he's so skilled that there isn't somebody that he would get on the phone that's like that. The other thing he was saying, there's a word that he never uses, rejection. And let's talk about the little voice and how it handles rejection, not just in sales, but in our everyday life. Well, let me just let me just make a comment on his, sure. on his comment because it's so tr- what he's saying is so true. Uh-huh. And here's what I also what we also know about sales. And one of my mentors told me this a long time ago, and it's never proven wrong is that when you're in a selling situation, 
typically person two people come together in a selling situation person with highest energy generally wins now let me explain if your mood level's high and you're enthusiastic the other person's mood level's low here's the game the game is the task is if you can raise the other person's mood level within 3 minutes and they have any kind of interest they'll typically buy why because people like to feel good number 1 they want to be around somebody who their mood level is high and so when he says i don't talk to anybody like that what he's really skilled at he's really skilled at bringing a person's mood level up to where his is so that talking in a conversation that he is driving in other words he's not letting the prospect or the other person bring him down to their apathetic level or their objection level He's bringing them up to the, to his level, if that makes sense. It does. And I want to ask you one more question before we talk about the rejection thing, um, uh, because it is a thing. Uh, you know, a couple comments about goals. And this is, goes beyond sales, but sales is such a great metaphor to use, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, it, is. It, is. I, it is. Everything gets out from under the rock when we talk about sales. It, yep. You know, there are people that say, I don't set goals because, you know, I'm afraid to set the goals. I don't want to do this. I love what I do. I want to sell. But the, the idea of meeting that goal is like a lot of pressure. And, you know, and I, I wanted to ask you, um, we have sales goals that we set, and uh, there are ways we go about it. From your perspective and what you've seen in the world, are sales goals good or not? Well, they're, I think they're critical, and I don't think that it's just in sales. I think it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. You, know, you, have, a ch- you have a choice in life. You can be, you know, people with talent, and I feel most people have a lot of talent. You can have one or two choices. Most people are what I call compulsive problem solvers. They're good at handling things that are thrown at them, and that's the kind of person you're talking about. They, you know, I don't want to set a goal. I'll just take what I got, and I'll make the best out of it, and, and they're good at that. And they attract a lot of problems. Or you can be a compulsive goal setter, a person that sets a goal, sets an objective on a routine basis, and the goal pulls you toward who you want to become. Otherwise, if you're a problem solver, I mean, it's good to be a problem solver, but guess what? You're going to attract lots of problems because that's what you're good at. And what's going to happen is you're constantly in reaction mode rather than being in a goal-setting mode, which is a mode where you can create your life the way you want it. You can design the way you want it. It's like having a steering wheel for the rest of your life if you have the ability to set goals. And are you going to achieve them all the time? Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but it's, it gives you a direction. Otherwise, particularly for small business and entrepreneurs, is you end up chasing your tail, chasing different opportunities, chasing problems, chasing this, and you're tired at the end of the day, and you feel like you got to win because of you, all of the things you knocked down today, but, boy, you didn't make any progress toward anything of meaning. And, and, and I, I'm a big believer that people should design their lives. I love it. You know, what do you say to folks out there that have been, you know, I mean, have been in the sales business and, you know, we have this story about the economy. Mm-hmm. So you mean that when they get the objection about the economy's too bad and I can't, I can't sell? Yeah, and they actually buy into that. I mean, isn't that the kiss of death for a salesperson? Oh, oh absolutely. I, I always say that the best sales pitch that lots of salespeople have is why they have no sales. <laughs> the economy's bad. They have no money. You know, all all of those things, and and yeah, you have to, you know, you said it, you said it, Doctor Pat. You said that sales is great because it brings everything up, and and I I so agree with that. I think that sales 
is probably the best personal development program on the planet that you engage in every day. And every day you get to look in the mirror and every day it reflects back to you. And the better you get, the more money you make and the happier you are. Because there's nothing – the reason I like sales too, it's not even so much the money. When somebody says yes to you, it's a validation of who you are. You put your heart, your soul, your spirit, your mood, your everything out there to serve and to give to other people. And somebody says, I trust you. I believe in you. I'm going to work with you. Holy mackerel, what a great compliment that is. What a great acknowledgement that is to your spirit. But, you know, some people never get there because of their fear of being rejected or their fear of somebody not liking them. And I think that's really unfortunate. And that's why I agree with you. Everybody is in sales in one form or another. And the better you get at it, I tell you that the key to it is little voice mastery. It's not so much about closing skills or objection handling. It's mostly all about little voice. When I was a failing sales rep for the Burroughs Corporation years ago, I would take sales trainings and I'd get a little bit better. But when I took that personal development program, oh, my God, my, my numbers jumped through the roof. And I go, well, this is not rocket science. The more personal development I did on myself, the more my numbers soared. And I went from getting almost getting fired within 18 months to becoming their number one sales rep. So I'm a big believer that it, that it can happen very quickly. Well, let's talk about that in the context as well as, you know, you know, what you talk about in this book. And for those of you just tuning in, I'm thrilled to have Blair Singer joining me here today. Little Voice Mastery, the second edition, lots in this book. One of the things in your book that is related to this, Blair, uh, where you talk about, um, uh, resistance, uh, and self-value. And, you know, you talk about these things, self-value versus resistance in terms of procrastination. I mean, isn't this all tying into what you and I are talking about? And let's tell folks what this really means. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. And, and people think, well, I'm just a procrastinator. And I said, well, let's take a look at where that comes from. That's a little voice issue. And I always use a scenario, let's say you want to write a book or build a business or whatever it is you want to do. And so that business or that book or being in great shape, whatever it is your goal is, that's an extension of you. That's the ideal you you're putting out there. So now keep in mind that's you. But the first day you're going to say, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to start writing the book today. Well, you know, you got a couple emails to handle, you got a couple conference calls to do, you got to go to the dry clean and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff comes in, you never get around to it, everybody knows that story. So... So the next day comes around, I'm gonna try, today I'm going to do it. Okay, same thing happens. Now, what you don't know that you're doing is you're building a habit. Your little voice is building a habit in your brain, and here's the habit it's building. What is The habit it's building, it's conditioning you that those emails and those conference calls and those dry cleaner runs are actually more important, hold more value than the book or the business or the weight you want to lose or whatever it is you're trying to do. You don't know you're doing that, but that's what you're doing every single day. And then by the time the fourth or fifth day comes around, you say, I'm going to sit down and write this thing, you know, and you got a little bit of writer's block, which we all get. You're sitting there, and then the little voice goes, well, who's going to listen to your book anyway? Who's going to want to read it anyway? Because, And the only reason that happens is because over four or five days, you have devalued the book, devalued the book, devalued yourself, devalued yourself, devalued yourself. So by the time you actually get up the energy to do it, the value of you is down. And the thing continues to procrastinate. So procrastination is really a result of devaluing yourself, devaluing your dream, devaluing who you want to become, which is really devastating. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, this idea, we've all been there. I mean, you, you know, I love what I do, and I get to do it on a regular basis. But this isn't always the way that I've been. You know, I, I love what I do because I've lived at points in my life, Blair, where all of the things we're talking about I was. You know, pick up the phone and make a call. you got to be kidding. You know, <laughs> just thinking about it used to give me a hot flash. Uh, you, you know, and then actually having a conversation. Oh my gosh, what if they say no? But you see, doesn't all of that overflow into our lives? Yeah. You know, how can we say that we want to be authentic and yet we show up as fearful? That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I think you answered it. I think that the, the, it's easy, it's easy to back off. You know, it's, it, there's a reward. If, you know, if you set a goal and you're going for a goal, there's a huge reward for quitting. And the reward is you don't have to, there's no pain anymore. You don't have to push anymore. You don't have to try anymore. So you can take a break. In the short term, there's a reward. In the long term, there's struggle. And so the point is, is that for a lot of people, don't see it that way. And, and, and so for them, that's why I, I want to make sure that people get little voice tools. So when that little voice pops up or says, you can't do it, or you're not fast enough, or you're not smart enough, or you're not old enough, or whatever it is, that you have the ability to say, stop. That's not necessarily who I am. And to be okay with who you really are. You know, you mentioned the word authentic, and I think that one of the big, biggest fears that people have is their fear of people finding out that maybe they're not as they seem. Maybe my car isn't as nice as you thought it would be. Maybe my house is not as clean as you think it is. Maybe my kids aren't the beautiful kids that maybe you perceive them to be. Maybe I don't make as much money as I lead on to be. And so what happens is people stay small, stay below the radar screen, never step out, never show who they really are because they're afraid if they do, people won't like them. Well, isn't that the famous Radiohead song called Creep? Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I bet Seth can pull that up for us as we go to break. I mean, the lyrics of the song talk about you're so very special. You're so very special, but I'm a creep. And, I mean, this is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh. Blair, what if you were to find out that, you know, uh, here, Dr. Pat, oh, my gosh, maybe I only have four fingers or something. Who knows? But we do live from that place of of worrying that we're not going to be special, right, in the eyes of other people. That's right. That's right. You know, people say, you know, well, I've got ske- what? What if they find out I've got skeletons in my closet? I say, look, I got a whole cemetery in my closet. <laughs> you know, it's it. When you become okay with it, and I tell people, look, you know, as a presenter, as a trainer, as a leader, as a parent, or as just as a friend, the best way to handle it is just to come clean. This is who I am. This is what I do. If you've got some things that you've done that you're not so proud about then, you know, maybe it's appropriate, maybe you share that with people. Say, look, I, I feel a little hesitant talking to you about this because I did a, you know, I sold a product before and it didn't work out so well for the people that I that I sold it to and I really wanted the best for them. So, I'll, 
I'm talking to you about this other this other service that I'm doing with a little bit, you know, with a little bit of tongue in cheek because I I really want to make sure that it works for you and I don't want that to happen again. Now, if you say that to somebody, are they going to love you or are they going to hate you? Of course they're going to love you because you're being authentic, you're being real, you're you're telling where you're coming from and there's two benefits to that. Not only you can build rapport with that other person, number 1, but it's awesome therapy. You're clearing yourself of all these things in your past or whatever that may be holding you back from moving forward. I love this. We're going to take a short break, and I'm going to tell you when we come back, we're going to be talking about what? Strengths versus weaknesses. Good versus bad. You know, all of the things that goes goes on in that little voice, that thing we got going on between our ears. When we come back, you know, Blair is going to talk with us about how we can, 30 seconds, how we can get to that powerful place of change. Not like 10 years from now, definitely not in my case 10 years from now, but how we can take charge of our life, create the destiny we want. Why? Because I got the master in here, Blair Singer. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Patches. Hi, this is Natalie. My website is healingisis.com. And from fear to love can be really easy if we let go of all of our judgment and understand that every day and every person that we meet is filled with lessons and that everybody teaches us something. And then we become grateful and then we just can turn gratefulness into love. So everybody have just a very blessed day. Thank you and namaste. This is Camilla Chance, author of Wisdom Man by Banjo Clark, as told to Camilla Chance, published by Penguin. The Compassionate Life and Beliefs of a Remarkable Australian Aboriginal Elder. The message from Banjo Spirit and from me, the author, is there are no bad people in the world, only unhappy people. There are no bad people in the world, only unhappy people. That is our message to the world. Lots of love from Camilla Chance, author of Wisdom Man by Banjo Clark, as told to Camilla Chance, published by Penguin US and Penguin Australia. I used to be afraid, and now I love. I feel like fear just cripples you and love frees you. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing and changing from fear to love and showing people that that's the only way. I love, I love, I love, I no longer fear. Thank you. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And, you know, Seth cued that right up. And I was sharing with Blair Singer, who is my very special guest today. But before we go into that, you know, Blair, I would love for you to give out information about how people can get a copy of your book uh, and how they can find out more about you, uh, including uh, working with you and, and doing uh, being involved in so many of the things that you're involved in right now. Oh, well, thank you for that. I, it's real simple. If you just go to our website, BlairSinger.com, that's pretty easy to remember, Blair. B-L-A-I-R, singer.com, um, you can check it out. I mean, there's a actually a free diagnostic there 
uh, where you can find out whether your little voice is shooting you in the foot or helping you out. And, and that's always very good to know starting off. And by the way, and we we're launching this, the, the second edition of that book has actually launched this week. And I think if you go to that site, there's also some special opportunities and bonuses if you want to buy the new book. So, uh, lots of stuff. We do programs on sales. We do leadership programs. I'm immersed right now in the, in a five day program here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We have people from all over the world that are learning how to manage their little voices so they can generate more income and build their businesses. So there's a lot of opportunities. And I love it. And we have giveaways for you guys tonight. Uh, the way we have three little voice mastery CDs during the show. The way to get a copy of these, I'll take the first three emails. I'm going to make this so easy for you all. Uh, first three emails that come in my inbox, you can send it to info, I-N-F-O, like information, info at thedrpatshow.com. I'll say it again. Info at the T H E D R patshow.com. If you shoot me an email, I will make sure the first three of you, it, you will get this amazing CD. This is, this on this CD, you're going to learn uh, how to instantly reprogram the brain. That's what we're talking about here today. So that it starts working with you, as Blair would say, not against you. Because Blair, you're, you are committed to helping people live an amazing life, not just the best life they can possibly live, but don't you work with people worldwide to really raise the bar and actually achieve the things they want to achieve? Absolutely. I mean, over the, I've been very, very blessed to have great friends, great partners, great teammates, and, you know, they've done business in over 20 different countries around the world. Our, our sales partners franchise who are our folks who go out there and take this right to the coalface and into small, medium, and large businesses all over in 12 countries. And, you know, and the reason I do it is this, Dr. Pat, is that I am a firm believer and witness to the fact that most people, most people I meet have no clue, no idea how big they are, no idea how big they can be. And it's just such a kick to, for a person to get to that moment where they're going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what I just did. I can't believe how much I accomplished in just such a short period of time. I can't believe. And so for that moment, that lick of the ice cream, we call it, that lick, all of a sudden, all of the vision, all of the, the drive, all of the dreams they thought they could have that they've already become cynical about or written off or thought weren't possible or not practical become reality again and give them some tools to maintain that level uh, of bigness so they can have it, and and that and whether it's in I love it in business because that's where people a lot of people exercise their dreams and their ideas. But I do it with, for for teams, for individuals, for families because, like I said, I think that the world right now is ready to is ready to be bigger, and I think people are ready to be bigger. And I think that you know if people understand that it's really only thirty seconds between you and where you want to be in some cases, they wouldn't make it such a struggle. Well, let's talk about that because we, in order for anybody to even believe that, now I do believe it because I have had some, first of all, miraculous healing on my body. Uh, you know, I, I truly, really am living, uh, you know, my dream and, you know, and I'm just warming up, I want to tell you. Uh, 
But I never, if you'd have asked me in 2008 if I thought that was possible, I had moments where I didn't. So I want to talk about this 30 seconds to powerful change because we have a myth. You know, 30 seconds to anything, I don't think there are many people that believe in it. I mean, my gosh, you know how much money is being spent on therapy, is being spent on on all of these other tried and true coaching solutions and people come back and they say, I had a woman tell me today, I spent $80,000 last year uh, trying to get help to take my message out. And, and And I think to myself, I've been there. So let's talk about these 30 seconds and how powerful this is. Well, sure. I mean, there's. Let's take a look at confidence, for example. I mean, yeah, let's do that. I love I mean, that. We were talking about this earlier, and, and like I said, there's lots of ways of obtaining confidence. One is through repetition, and we know that, and immersion. Um, there's there are other great great tools. I mean, I, one of the, I'm a big believer in modeling. And what I mean by modeling is if you want to be successful, you find somebody else that's successful, and you model what they do. We know that. But when I work with salespeople, for example, I do a program. Where I give people video clips, and they'll get get them at random, like video clip of Martin Luther King, or John F. Kennedy, or Henry V, or even Jack Nicholson or Eddie Murphy. But but I give them this clip, a very short clip, and I tell them to model it. And what I mean is, I want you to deliver this exactly the way you see it, same volume, same facial expressions, because what we know is that if you model the physical you right. automatically will model the emotional and the mental. You know, it's, it's called a state change because they're all connected. You change one modality, you change them all. So, for example, this weekend I had a couple of people up in front of the room. I, Martin Luther King's final speech where he says, I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. That one line. And I have them do it the way he did it. And I said, no, do it again. No, no, do it again. No, do it this way. And when they get it, boom, it's all of a sudden tears burst into their eyes the amount of power that surges through the room, people spontaneously stand up into a standing ovation, persons quivering there, and when all of the spirit and power just comes cursing through them. And they're going, I said, you feel that? They go, yeah. You know where that came from? They go, what? That came from you. That's your spirit that has been locked in down there. And all it took was being able to model somebody else that has the power that you want to unlock the power you already have. And in less than 30 seconds, boom, they can do it. So now that individual, anytime the fear pops up, he just steps outside, does that line again with the same physiology, same power, and, and everything changes. I had a fellow that did that program, had that same speech, had been reading real estate books for years, never bought a piece of property, went out after the program, after modeling that piece. Uh, a fellow by the name of Laz Grecos, Melbourne, Australia, raised $50 million for his first uh, real estate property development never looked back since because once you unlock it once you unlock that spirit once once you have a tool that is able to move the kryptonite aside and access that piece i mean the power is just unbelievable i mean that's just one of countless examples but pretty graphic one well it is pretty graphic and you know what we're talking about is being able to you know take that example and use that modeling in every aspect of our lives you know what, what i wanted to ask you this question i mean all, along the way you, apparently you've gotten some very interesting lessons in life for you to be the spokesperson you are for this what has been your blair what has been your personal your one greatest challenge for you 
what is what is that thing that you've had to overcome most? Well, I, I think first of all, the the obvious answer, the biggest challenge for me has been me, which is like, okay, that's obvious. <laughs> but what but what is it about me? When I realize that I'm the blood clot stopping my organization or is it stopping what I want, then you know that's the first realization. I think that most it's two steps. First one is realize you have a little voice, and the little voice isn't necessarily you. It's other people's advice. It's old experiences, media. It's all that stuff. So as soon as you can disassociate it, that's step one. But step two for me is there seems to be one underlying thought that holds all that doubt in place, holds all the procrastination in place, all the self-sabotage in place. And I and I had the opportunity to study with, with a Buddhist monk very recently, and he really articulated for me. And what that one piece is, the thought, and the thought is, there's something wrong with me. Ah. There's something wrong with me. There's something that's not good about me. There's something that needs to be fixed about me. There's something that's not quite right with me. And that thought, if you think about that, one thought holds all that other garbage in place. And if you can pluck that one out, the rest of it completely dissipates. Because the truth is there is nothing wrong with you. There is, you know, it's like we use terms like attention deficit disorder. Uh. Now, now, now check that out. That term has two negative words in it, disorder and deficit. Okay? So you tell Katie's attention deficit – what does he think? Even if he doesn't buy it, he already knows he's been labeled. There's something wrong with him. So I don't care what you do to him. I don't care what drugs you try to pump into him that will never work anyway. I don't care what you have try to school him. You have altered that child's self-concept to believe there's something wrong with them fundamentally. And until that piece is pulled, I don't care what you do, you're not going to change the results. And for well, me, that's been the big deal for me. I love that. I love being able to talk about that because I was I was being interviewed by someone earlier today before this show for my show and you know we were talking about a number of different things and I was sharing with them that um uh, if you would have known me when I was a kid I would have been the nobody would have said she is the most likely to succeed first of all at anything let alone at media I stuttered and I studied, you know, like any other kid. And so it's interesting to see how our lives change. But you're absolutely right. We are labeling people left and right. I mean, all we need to do, don't we, is watch a few commercials oh, on yeah. TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 yeah and, every, and every commercial is, you know, pits you to compare yourself against somebody else who has more money, that's prettier, that's faster, that's cooler, that's richer or whatever. So immediately they put it, everything that you see shows you how you don't compare with somebody else. So you're already put into comp- a comparison mode. So if I don't have that, there's something wrong with me. If I don't do this, there's something wrong with me. Uh, what's wrong with me that I can't do it? So I'll stop. First thing for everybody listening, stop saying there's something wrong with you because there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. <laughs> nothing. You're fine. You're perfect. You got a little voice that may be bugging you that you need to pluck out of the way and give give the flip to once in a while and learn how to master, but you, the real you, is just fine. You know, it's so interesting we're talking about this. We were doing watching doing a little group football game watching here uh-huh. on the on the TV. And 
And so all of a sudden comes one of these commercials for, uh, what is it, Viagra, one of these other things. I don't even know the names of them. So one of the people in the group, one of the guys says, he looks at the commercial and he says, wow, you know, wow, they look like they're about 40 years old. Because now this is what's happening. You're not getting the commercials about this for people that have this, you know, the graying sideburns anymore. So he says, you know, wow, they're, they're look. You know, they're, they're looking like they're 40 years old. And he jokes his wife, right? And he says, hey, honey. And she turns to him and she says, not, I can't repeat the whole thing. Basically, over my dead body is basically right. it. But look at the image, right? right? Here are two people. They look like they're in their, maybe in their early 40s, at, not even. But look at what they're being pitched. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you know, and and it's the Achilles heel. It's like it's like Dave the monk said to me. He goes, he says, there's just one thought in there, and and it's like there's something wrong. There's something wrong with me. I'm, there's something flawed with me. Not enough or something something in there. And and again, you asked, you know, what's been the biggest one that's been my stumbling block? Yeah. I, and and when he said it, that was it. I mean, I I, I am clear. I've probably spent. I have. Probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, Doctor Pat, in personal development training, books, CDs, yep. coaching for me. Yeah, going after what I thought is something wrong with me. Right. And then, what several years ago, and I realized nothing wrong with me. It's just that I got some programming I need to rearrange, but I'm fine. Then those dollars started turning into millions of dollars and great relationships and I'm you know I'm in my late 50s right now and I'm in the best health the best fitness I've ever been in my entire life. Now you got to ask yourself how does that happen? It's because of a fundamental belief and a fundamental understanding that we come into this world golden. You go you go into an auditorium and of 2000 people and a baby's crying, you can hear the baby cry. Everybody can hear the baby cry and the baby has no microphone. But its beingness is so big that everybody can hear it. You can't hear the person five seats away from you, but you can hear that baby. And that's how big we are. That's how big we come into this world. So my goal is just for people to get back, reclaim who they really are. That's uh, that's it. And if you can do that, man, I'll tell you, the world just rushes to your aid, rushes to your support. Well, I mean, this is also part of a conversation um, that you talk about in the book, which is accountability. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about accountability with you. Uh, I mean, I spent six years doing a dissertation on breaking promises, but nobody ever talks about accountability and breaking promises to yourself except you. And you cover this. Let's talk about the initial effect of this and then the ripple effect of it. Well, accountability is critical because you you just basically said it. I mean, if you make an agreement with yourself and you don't keep the agreement, then you're, you're not only not only are you not going to get what you want, not only are you going to let yourself off the hook, not only are you creating bad habits and you're creating a you're, – you're imprinting a behavior pattern that will – continually procrastinate and not get what you want, but it ripples out to other people on your team. It ripples out into your family. It ripples out into other areas of your life. That's why I maintain that every person, every team, every civilization, every business should have something that we call a code of honor. It's Mm -hmm. a very simple set of rules that hold you accountable 
to what it is you say you're going to do. So rules like never abandon a teammate in need, be on time. If I have a personal code, it would be take ownership, no blame, no justification, no finger pointing, no quitting, and no justifying. I will do whatever it takes as long as it's legal, ethical, and moral to succeed. You know, these kinds of things. And so I have a, I have rules. And, and, and these rules hold me accountable to what I, to a behavior that I want to have. Now, you can take it to another level, and that is, you know, if I'm going to measure something, I have to have a level of accountability in sales. You know, how many calls am I going to make today? How many contacts am I going to make today? Those types of things. And the most important part of that is it can very quickly conditions your brain, conditions you into a behavioral pattern that will ultimately get you what you want. Most people operate in isolation. They operate alone. They don't have accountability to anybody else because because it's easier that way. It's easier not to to, to be held accountable or to be called called on things that you said you're going to do and when you don't do them. So I'm a big believer that you got to have a code of honor. It's like the Ten Commandments is a code of honor, a, a code of honor that holds your behavior in place, even when times are tough, even when emotions high. The reason the Marine Corps has a code of honor is because when bullets are whizzing by your ears, your emotion runs high and your intelligence runs low. Therefore, you've got to have a set of rules that are drilled into you that force you to do the right thing in an adverse condition. What do you think about accountability buddies, especially in sales? And especially, Absolutely. I'm not talking about like a corporate deal, but, you know, where people buddy up. How do these people, how do these two buddies work with each other? What's the best thing you could say? And even going to the gym, you know, I have an accountability buddy about, you know, my fitness and my health, right? Right. But right. let's talk about what the role of the accountability buddy in a buddy is. Some people say, "Oh, you know, I'm crossing a line. I really don't want it. You know, I don't want to tell him he didn't keep his goals or, you know, how do I tell him that?" Can you tell us uh, the most effective accountability buddy uh uh what does that look like? Well, I I think I think it's a great idea and 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 I think that like I said, business and life is a team sport. You got to have a buddy. You got to have somebody that can yeah. hold you accountable. So number 1, first thing is set up Create a little code of honor between the two of you. Create a set of rules. They'd be real simple rules. The one rule number one is we agree to talk every day if that's what it is. Okay, we agree to hold each other accountable on a daily basis. That's number one. Let's say number two would be we have permission to call each other on breaches of our promises. Now you got to have that there because otherwise you have the problem that you were talking about. So then the way that it works is you say, okay, I'm going to the gym. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So every Monday night, did you go? Uh, no. Okay. So what are you going to do to get that done? And 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 there's it's a win-win because it is difficult to call somebody on it. But that's why you got to discuss it ahead of time when you're in a sane moment, not when you it's time to call somebody on it. In other words, you get the agreement up front. Say, willing to call me on it? I'm willing to call you on it. Yes. Okay. I will do it. Okay. Good. So then when it comes up, you've already got the permission. You've already got the you've got the protection of a rule that you both agreed to to call each other on it and sometimes you know our need to be liked and our need to be people approve of us you know it's it's really hard because we don't want to upset them we don't want the repercussions of it but i tell you what after you do it a couple times you'll not only be good friends you'll be best friends you know i always tell people i'm here to be your, i'm here to be your best friend not not a good friend and a best friend is a person that kicks you in the butt once in a while pushes you in the right directions holds you accountable 
and that you can trust that we'll do that and not let you off the hook. I love it. I can't believe this time has gone by because I could just keep, you and I could just keep going at it. Blair, thank you for joining me here today. And before you go, one more time, tell people how they can get a copy of the book and how they can find out more about you, everything you're doing, so that they can create powerful change for themselves. Awesome. Well, you can go to BlairSinger.com and you find out about the programs, the sales programs, the Little Voice Mastery programs we do, a lot of the products. Uh, that you, the three of you lucky ones that get that little voice CD, it's 21 techniques that are guaranteed to shift your, shift your little voice in about 30 seconds or less. Um, and again, we've launched the new copy of the new edition of the book this week. If you go to the website, there's a special link and a whole bunch of cool bonus, free bonuses, uh, simply by going and purchasing the book on Barnes and Noble or Amazon or wherever you like to. So, We'd love to have you, love to have you part of the community, and love you to get your little voice out of the way so you can have the extraordinary life that you deserve. I love it. I love, by the way, I love the second edition. I love the first one, but I love this as well. And I, I have read it already, and I want to tell you, I love quitting too soon, what you have to say about that. Maybe you'll come back and we'll do a whole show on that one. What do you think, Blair? I'd love to do it anytime. All right, Blair Singer, everyone, please check this out. Take your life to the level you want it to go. Make sure that you have the tools because this is a guy that helps a lot of people. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. Uh, please go to the drpatshow.com if you've missed any part of this one. We're going to get this archive up quickly and feature it in our newsletter. All right, everyone, we'll talk with you soon. Have a great, great, great rest of your day. And remember, you can, you can take control of that little voice. Thanks to Blair Singer. We'll see you next time. Listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. 